Welcome to Saturday Morning Chats, hosted by author, life coach, and mystic, Tanya Lampley, where you will hear inspiring views, hot topics, and a bevy of information intended to help you make your life over. Hi, friends, and welcome back. On today's episode, let's talk about the value of affinity. And I kind of touch on this in other podcasts, but I wanted to take this time to try to give this particular subject the attention that it deserves. For one, because to the extent that you can understand affinity, what it means, how important it is to building a satisfactory life and and start incorporating that, you're going to be more satisfied with your human experience. And that sounds like real, real lofty talk, um, but it'll make sense as I dive a little bit deeper into the concept of affinity and what it looks like and why you need more of it. So here goes. It's a weird word. It's a word that you don't see that often, but um, it's not anything that's that complicated. By affinity, what I'm referring to is likeness or same Ness. It's as simple as that, conceptually. When you think about affinity, uh, we used to play this game when we were in grade school uh, called One of These Things Is Not Like the Other. And so we would have to group things by their similarity, whether it was fruit or whether it was tools, uh, we would be challenged as little kids to put similar items in groups based on the concept of likeness and sameness. And that's really all affinity is. And so it is an extremely important concept when it comes to building a life that you find satisfactory and too many of us aren't really doing that with enough intention and so we are kind of stuck with a life that doesn't really resemble who and what we are so uh, first foundational point is that in order for you to move into the area of affinity you have to first identify who you are and what you want out of life, where you're headed, what you're trying to accomplish. And then based on that particular foundation, then you move into lining up your life based on the concept of affinity. So the self-work is vitally important. You do want to take the time to figure out who you truly are, not who you've been conditioned to be, not what your parents were, not what your friends are. You want to take some time and do that deeper work and start to identify what is 
uniquely you, the real you. So it takes self-reflection. It takes getting out a journal sometimes and writing it out. It takes examining your habits, uh, your disciplines, your thought process, who you are, what you want, and really starting to ferret out what really belongs and what really doesn't belong. For many of us, we've just kind of walked along the particular journey of life and we've started to gather a lot of things. And a lot of the things that we've gathered don't belong to us. They actually belong to other people. Sometimes you find that you're going to places just because your friends go to those places. But in a perfect world, if you didn't have those particular friends, you may not go to those places. You may do other things that they don't do. And so it really does take a little bit of groundwork and you identifying who and what you are. And that is not a process to take lightly. I mean, really pressing into that and getting down to the bottom, the rock bottom of who you are at the core of your being and understanding what is you and what is not you. For example, I see this sometimes. My father was an attorney, so I went to law school. And oftentimes those people get to the practice of law and find out that they're miserable. And that is because they simply didn't do the foundational work of uncovering what is uniquely theirs and what belongs to someone else. And this was work that I really didn't engage in until later on in life. I want to say that I was probably well into my 30s before I started to realize that I had picked up and gathered lots of things that didn't belong to me. I was doing things based on my conditioning, societal conditioning of what a wife is. My uh, marriage was uh, extremely balanced towards who my husband was, his career, all of his activities. And I had kind of placed myself on the back burner. So whenever a tough decision had to be made, I always broke in favor of what would work on his behalf, what would put him in a better position. And as women, I think that is very common. When you think about a wife, when you think about being a partner, marriage or otherwise, you start to feel like sacrifice is a part of that. And sometimes it can be, but we have to figure out the true definition of what sacrifice looks like. And I'm gonna say, let's not even go to a level of sacrifice, let's call it compromise. So what I was doing was I was going to the level of sacrifice. And I remember I was working a job that I loved and the company was closing down. And I remember one of the higher ups came to me. It was the director of HR, actually, now that I think back on it. And he said, Tanya, he had actually flown to Cincinnati, visited the home office for some other work to kind of, I guess, close out the fact that our market office was closing. 
And at the end of his visit with my boss, he came to me and he said, you are so valued here. Any job that you want at the home office, I will get it for you. And the home office was in another state. And I remember thinking, I would love to go. I would love to just follow that path and see what I could do at that company and how I could contribute. And then I remember the sinking feeling of my husband's never gonna leave the city because his career has been established. And sure enough, <laughs> I go home and I sit down. I'm like, hey, guess what happened to me today? Uh, he said that any job that I want, he'll get it for me. Of course, any job that I was qualified for. And my husband looked at me and he's like, you know, I, I can't go. Time to my job. <laughs> and so I didn't pursue that particular opportunity because I had been conditioned to believe that a man's wants, wills, desires, and wishes were always more important than mine. And so with my husband being the kind of person that he is, if I would have really just put my foot down, we probably would have argued and tangled for a minute. But he was the kind of person that probably, if I just made a big fuss and deal about it, he would have been willing to work with me on it. Maybe that looked like I went there and worked for a while and he stayed here. Like there was a process for us to get through that. But at the time, I didn't really have enough faith or confidence in myself, enough self-knowledge to know that this is what I really wanted. This is what was aligned with who I was trying to be and what I was becoming. I didn't really have enough of a solid foundation to even really look at that opportunity and ferret through that and make the right decision. And so many of us are doing that. In other words, when you don't know who and what you are, you can't actually build the life that you want. So that foundational work is that important. And when you're doing that foundational work, understand that we are all being conditioned in one aspect or another by society, by norms. And you want to start to ferret through that kind of information and find out what voice is truly and uniquely yours. And I'll give you another uh, little uh, a snippet of one of my stories along those lines where uh, I was always a person that had to look a certain way. Like I never left the house without makeup on. I didn't even own a pair of gym shoes until I was well into my 20s and I started thinking that I needed to work out. So I was that girl that you saw that was always put together. I mean, when you saw me at seven o'clock on a grocery store run, I literally had on foundation on my face. And then I got to a place and I said, you know what? That is not really me. That is me operating out of fear of what people are going to think about me, fear of being caught not being my best, just all kinds of mess 
had conditioned me into being that person. And that's not really who I was. At the heart of who I really am, I'm extremely casual. I like to dress up every now and again, but generally speaking, you're gonna find me in a pair of yoga pants and a pair of sneakers, and I may put on a coat of clear lip gloss if my lips are dry, maybe, but the rest of that stuff is really not for me. Um, all that quaffing and hair, some people love it. I had a girlfriend that when you see her effortlessly put together, she loves makeup, um, she loves going and buying the latest color and all of that and nails. Ugh. That is just not really who I am. And so I was operating that way based out of conditioning and my own fear. And so as I got older, I started to shed the things that weren't uniquely me. So in a long drawn out way, what I'm saying is do the work and uncover who and what you are and don't listen to outside voices and allow those outside voices to make you into something that you're not. And so that's deeper work. So back to affinity. Once you've done that deeper work, in my case, um, I found out that I'm an extremely casual person. I found out that I am more of a feminist than I ever allowed myself to be in the beginnings of the marriage. And I believe that a marriage is based on equality. And had I had that particular grounding in the very beginning, I would have taken that job without hesitation. I wouldn't have even given my husband the option of telling me I can't go because of my career. I, I, it just wouldn't have even happened. And so once you've got the foundation, then you start moving to the concept of affinity. And affinity means that once you know who you are, you're starting to make choices based on who and what you are, based on things that are alike, based on things that you find affinity with. That is people, your relationships. You want to choose from a level of affinity. And I'll go into that a little bit deeper in a second. The work that you do, you want to choose from the position of likeness and sameness. If you are a person that at the core of your being, you are kind, you are loving, you are benevolent, you may not want to be in a situation uh, where you are a practicing divorce attorney. You're going to find yourself in conflict with the work that you're doing because it's not aligned with who you are. The concept of affinity is not there. And so you're just not going to be completely satisfied doing that work. And what I'm after here on Saturday morning chats in the Makeover Factory is to try to get you as close to your ideal life as I can get you. So you want to choose everything from the concept of affinity, your home. Could you imagine 
once you know who you are and how you operate, I tend to prefer a minimalist design. So I try to get my home to a place where there's just not a lot of stuff in it. I tend to prefer more of a modern aesthetic. And even though I'm not 100% there in that regard, my goal is to be 100% there in the near future. Now, sometimes you can only do what you can do. You can't just go out and just buy a home on a whim. That is a process that you have to go through. But there are things that you can do inside of your home that um, will line up more with who and what you are. And some people don't even think about that. I have seen people that prefer a modern aesthetic living in a home that's completely traditional with a lot of antiques that they maybe got from a family member. And when they really stop and think about it, they're like, you know what? I really don't like any other things in my home. And in fact, I remember coaching a person that when they finally woke up to themselves, they're like, you know what? I really just hate living here. And so in that case, you want to make it your highest priority to move because for a lot of people. Now, some people, um, it's not as important, but if you do the work and find out that your living environment is that important to you, then you wanna make that a priority. You want to live in a place that is in alignment with who you are. Um, if you love modern tricked out furniture, why do you have the queen and dining room table and the claw fit tub? So as you move towards affinity in every area of your life, you're just going to find that your life just gets that much richer and fuller. Imagine putting your key in the door and coming into your home and everything in that home speaks to you and you feel a certain type of way living in that space and enjoying all of those things that have been hand-selected based on the concept of who you truly are, not what someone gave you, not what you got on sale, not what you got at the used store because it was cheap. Imagine the feeling of having that space uniquely reflect who and what you are. Very important when it comes to building your ideal life. Your relationships, that's another one that you really want to apply the concept of affinity to. You want to choose your friends based on likeness and sameness. And you don't have to go all kamikaze and just be like, well, she likes a glass of wine and I don't drink. You don't have to go that far, you can still have relationships with people, even though they aren't exactly the same as you. But understand that to the extent that you have more things to click on, the more satisfying that relationship is going to be. So for example, you like wine, she likes wine, you drink wine together. You're just going to have a richer connection with that person. You like to ski. She likes to ski. You like to ski together. Again, same thing. 
you love books, she loves books, y'all get together on the phone and you all talk about books. I'm sure you see where I'm going with this. She may like wine, you may not like wine, but if you all like books and you all like travel and you all like shopping, based on your alignment, even though you're not exactly the same, you can still have a rich, deep, satisfying relationship with that friend. And so we're going to take that concept and I'm going to move into a little bit of a controversial area right here when I talk about relationships, not friendships, but like significant others, marriages, partners. That concept of affinity is so important. And I think one of the reasons why people aren't really finding satisfactory relationships is because they are bypassing this concept. Well, I believe that the reason why people aren't having satisfactory lives is because they're bypassing this particular concept. But it's, it's, it's really important when you talk about building a life with someone, establishing a partnership, um, even a business partnership, partnership, but especially when it comes to a love interest and a love connection. So for example, you find, well, <laughs> let me start here. They say that opposites attract and oftentimes they will. And there's a spiritual thing that's happening with that opposite attracting it's a situation where they have what you need for growth and vice versa. So to simplify it, let's say you're a person that's extremely introverted and quiet. They may be extroverted and um, their extroversion will kind of draw you out of your shell and you can find balance. Um, I'll just leave it kind of right there. That is the concept of um, opposites attracting. There is a spiritual draw because that person has something that you need to complete on your journey. Um, so opposites attracting are a good thing. But when it comes to building a satisfactory relationship and a life partnership with someone, Affinity is going to be extremely important. So you can let opposites attract you, but you want to let affinity determine and sustain the relationship. Okay? So my husband and I come from similar backgrounds. He and I are both introverts. Um, we grew up kind of um, in the urban experience, I'll call it. We both went to college. Um, we have a lot of areas that we click on. We have areas that we don't click on too. But we have a lot of areas that we find connection. And so we've been able to sustain almost uh, a 30-year marriage uh, we, we've been together for 30 years definitely we've been married for 27 or 28 um partnership because of we connect on all those areas we are aligned on a lot of points now when we met years ago early 20s we had no concept of any of this so it really was just a crapshoot um 
but we were drawn together and these are things that we figured out as the relationship kind of moved on and just me and my observation of the world and what I know about the spiritual disciplines and all of that. Affinity is the thing that creates a satisfying partnership and a satisfying life. So for example, my husband and I could be riding in a car and he and I can hear a particular song, like maybe it's the Isley Brothers or the Gap Band or Earth, Wind and Fire, and we can be transported back to our childhoods, which were similar, and we can just have a moment of bliss based on those shared experiences. Now, if one of us was from Belgium, maybe not. Maybe, um, he would eat different food than I would eat. Maybe he would um, have certain customs in his culture than what I have. And so I'm not saying that it can't work, but I'm just saying that you definitely want to make sure that that particular person is aligned with who you are and where you're going and what you're trying to build. And so the more indices that you all have in common, the stronger the relationship and the more satisfying the partnership is going to be for you. And that is just the hard truth. And I think that is a rough concept for people to um, grasp because we want to say, well, I met this guy and I love his shoulders and I love his chiseled jawline and he has a great job. This is the guy for me. And if you don't actually consider the concept of alignment, then you could be in for a rough road with that particular choice. There's also a spiritual way to um, be guided to the proper mate, something that you're feeling, something at a, uh, at a much, much deeper heartfelt or a gut felt level that will identify the partner for you and you won't have to do a lot of the work. But most people just aren't at that level. And so if you are intentionally trying to choose a mate and if you're not real skilled in um, adept at hearing that inner voice and allowing yourself to be guided by um, other forces to the right person for you where that work of affinity is already going to be done, then you can do it consciously. I, I think that's a harder way to do it, but um, it, it's definitely important work and you can consciously say, okay, I like this guy where are we when it comes to deciding the things that we have in common? As I say, the things that we're clicking on. Do you both like tech? Do you both like dogs? Do you both want children? Do you both love travel? Um, do you both uh, spend a lot of time with your family? And we aren't thinking about relationships, partnerships in this particular manner. And so we are finding ourselves in situations where we simply have just tired ourselves to the wrong partner and now we have children and now it is a mess. So affinity is extremely important. And whatever you are choosing in life based on who and what you are, that knowledge, 
then you choose. Then you bring those experiences in that are like you, that are, quote, the same, or at least somewhat aligned. And the closer that you can get them to who you are, the more satisfying the relationship is going to be. And so I'm not saying that you cut off people because they may have a difference here or there. Um, you do want to actually have conversations with people who maybe don't share all of your same ideologies, but when it comes to really deciding for yourself what to bring into your experience, you do want to operate from the concept of affinity. And it's possible. You know, I am here on the other side having realized that I lived the first half of my life without this particular concept in my life at all. And to be here now where all of a sudden all the work that I've been doing to find out who I was, the mining process, the declaration of this is what I'll tolerate, this is what I won't tolerate, this is what I like, this is what I don't like, this is the work that I love to do, that's not what I want to do. As I started to go through that process and then I started to attract to me and even consciously seek out things that were like me, my life just got more satisfying. And so I looked up one day and I said, you know what? It is possible to live a full and beautiful and great life. And you don't have to be rich to do that. You don't have to be beautiful to do that. You don't have to be any of the things that the world has told us that you have to be. The only thing that you have to be is exactly and uniquely who you are and line your life up to reflect that because that is God's work. And if God made you that, he wants you to reflect that and you're going to be your best self when you are doing what you're supposed to be doing, when you're reflecting who you are, when you are happily celebrating the magnificent work of God, right? He's created us all to be these unique individuals and we spend so much time trying to turn ourselves into something else, into a Kim Kardashian or into a, you know, a whatever, um, and it's okay to be inspired by people, but you never, ever want to lose sight of who you are, um, and put yourself in the shadow of another being and ascribe more worth and value to them. So you don't need any of that stuff. All you need is an open heart an open mind and the willingness to submit yourself to the spiritual process. And if you can do that, at least that's been the case for me, that's all that was required for me to go from living in the blah, living in the dark, living in the pain, to me being where I'm at now. And that is my highest and sincerest wish for you. So think about yourself. Do that foundational work, understand who and what you are, line up your choices, everything, y'all, your friends, your partners, your man, your woman, your work, your clothes, your house, the car that you drive, 
lining up with who you are. I'll give you another quick example from my own life just so that you all can see what this looks like. I'm the kind of a person, hate pumping gas, hate it with an absolute passion, hate it in the wintertime, standing there freezing, blowing smoke out of my mouth, knuckles, hands frozen, dark, hate it, hate it, hate it, right? Why am I not driving an electric car? It just came to me recently. You know what? You've been saying you're going to get an electric car, and da, 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 but you keep putting it off. You said you're going to get an electric car when you got your last car and you didn't. My mind's made up. I'm getting an electric car because that is aligned with who I am. I love the efficiency of that. I love the concept of not having to go get gas. That's time and energy, what? We probably spend, shoot, I don't know, a couple days and hours getting gas a year. If I can use those two or three days or whatever it works out to be, doing something else. I could be cleaning out my closet or volunteering to help the homeless or anything with that time other than getting gas when all I got to do is pull in my garage and plug it in the wall. And so that's what I'm talking about. You may not mind getting gas. My husband doesn't mind getting gas. And um, <laughs> most days I throw him my keys and tell him to run my car and put gas in it because I hate it so much. Um, but that is the concept of alignment is getting your life to look like who and what you are. If you don't mind pumping gas, drive a gas uh, 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 operated car. But if you do hate it, we ain't got to do that no more. So that's what I mean by the concept of affinity and alignment and just really going through that process and setting it up so that it reflects you every single part of you to the best of your ability. All right, guys, thanks for rocking with me today. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. It means so much to me that you would take time out of your busy day to join me on this podcast. And I hope you find the information here inspiring do me a favor, visit my website at www.tanyalampley.com and get connected to me there. There's a newsletter where you can sign up for information about some of the things that I have coming down the pike. I have a book that is in the works and just some really good things that I am eager to get out into the marketplace that will inspire people to live their lives to the complete fullest. And there's links there for my Twitter, my Facebook page. And if you would share it, I want to reach as many people as possible. We just aren't doing enough we just aren't being intentional about building lives that are satisfactory. And I really want to be a catalyst for that level of change. So I hope you consider passing it along and don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a thing.